this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Well, when you make one thing or one person the source of something, there's so much pressure. There's so much wonkiness in that connection. And the reality is that person will never be the full source. Even just take the feeling of adoration. So often women are like, I just want my partner to adore me. Great. How much are you adoring yourself day to day? Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Today, I am interviewing someone that I'm so excited to just dive in and ask questions and make sure that you guys get some juicy takeaways. So Lauren Joyce is a world top love and relationship coach who she shows women how to basically embrace their femininity, feel sexy and create epic love. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to our conversation today because I really would love you guys to take away from this, how you can deepen your relationship with your man and basically become an absolute magnet to him. So he just can't get his hands off you. Lauren, does that sound like where this podcast is going to go today? Oh, that sounds like probably just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) So Lauren, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy that we connected and I get to spend time with you today. I would love to just start off by really allowing you to share a little bit about who you are and how you actually got into what you're doing today. Yeah, it's such a unique and in some ways still very taboo field and and work that I do. So um, as Isabella said, thank you so much for having me on this podcast, by the way. I just adore you from the second I virtually met you. Um, and I'm really, really excited to be here. So I'm Lauren Joyce. I am a sex, love, and relationship coach and founder of The Magnetic Woman. So I was someone who grew up. I went to Catholic school and really just, you know, the quintessential, like, good girl. So I was shut down in my body. I hated my body. I was really disconnected. I put so much energy and effort into my achievements, into success, into independence. And I didn't want to have anything to do with the parts of me that I thought were quote unquote weak, AKA feminine, right? So like my emotions, Mm -hmm. flirting, anything like that. And I mean, that worked well for me. I did very well in my former career. And when I was 25, my dad passed away and I had no idea how to navigate death and loss and grief. Um, And obviously none of my peers had any idea either. And so I very quickly decided that I only wanted this loss, this grief um, to make me a better person because I was coming in contact with so many people who were telling me that they had lost their father or parent. And I was looking at where their lives were and I just saw them very stunted or stuck in the impact of that loss. And obviously it is a huge impact, but I knew I wanted it to make me a better person, but I had no idea how that was possible. So I ended up coming in contact with a self-development program and it was all about living a pleasurable life. So I'm like, this is great. This is going to be my permission to basically spiritually bypass any and all grieving. (laughs) 
<laughs> and goes to eating chocolate cake on a daily basis. Like, isn't that what a pleasurable life is? And of course. <laughs> obviously. However, in the program, it was all about women coming into ownership of their feminine. So actually coming into right relationship with your emotions, which obviously as someone who had just gone through a very significant loss in their life, I needed. And so I was learning how to actually grieve, how to actually feel. And more importantly, it was about being in touch with your sensuality as a woman. Now I was terrified of this, right? Like raised Catholic, Catholic school, quintessential good girl. I'm like, you want me to what? You want me to like eat in a way that might like draw attention to me? I'm sorry. I don't think I can do this. And it was also about embracing your sexual power as a woman. And again, I was like, I'm sorry, what? You you just said sex. Like, I don't think this is for me. However, as I was in the program, not only did I realize I was actually healing from this loss in a very healthy way by feeling my emotions and actually allowing myself to grieve, but I saw my life transforming for the better. And I just thought, okay, if I can go from the most devastating experience of my life to finding joy and happiness, and quite frankly, feeling like I was finally myself, I had to help other women do the same. So I spent years studying femininity, sensuality, sexuality, getting any and every certification you can think of known to man while starting my online coaching business as well. And so here we are. And the more and more I do this work, the more passionate I am about helping people make having fulfilling, passionate, incredible relationships approachable and easy and really helping women come in, come into a the deepest sense of empowerment I've ever experienced, which is really healing, embracing, and celebrating your sensuality and sexuality as a woman. You know, apart from everything else you just said that I love, the bit that just stands out to me and I just find so empowering and so powerful is that when you did lose your father, which of course comes with so many different emotions and emotions that of course are still actually there today, you made a decision mm-hmm. and you made a decision for this to actually make you into a better woman. Mm-hmm. And from there, of course, I always say that everything is always happening for us and we can't even comprehend when there's losses. Like why would that ever be happening for us? But the fact that you were able to take it and just make such a strong decision and it literally transformed your life. It is just so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Anytime I tell this story, right? Whether I'm being interviewed or to clients and my own content to people I meet, it's always so fascinating to me because quite frankly, I don't know where that decision came from, right? Like that was not a conscious decision. It came from very deep with inside of myself, right? It came from something higher than me, something like deeper inside of me because Mm -hmm. all I could see at that point, obviously, was 
the grief and the loss and the, the heartache and the heartbreak. But it was it was the most powerful decision of my life. And since then, anything <clears throat> that I have come that I've experienced, whether it be from building my business, ending relationships, like every single time I take that decision and apply it, right? Where it's like, this is only going to make me a better person. And so how can I allow that to unfold? Yeah. And I can't even imagine the extent to what you were feeling. Um, my dad um, was sentenced to 10 years in prison. So the impact of that really also felt like a loss for me, but I was still, you know, able to see him not in a way that I would want to and not get the support in the way that I would want to. And I saw a side to life, which I didn't even know existed. And for me, that also had a really big impact. It has an impact in a way of, I'm also made a decision to pick myself up and continue going. But what happened in that is I started to adopt this masculine energy of having to protect and take care of my family and support them. Mm -hmm. And I then saw that play out in my relationship with Kenji. And I always felt like I was there to be the the supportive one. I was always there to basically be be the backbone and my desires and my voice was really not getting as as much heard as if I, as if as much as I would have liked it to. So when I started to actually not just become conscious of this, but actually start to understand that I could change it was when I started to make different decisions and start to allow myself to be more in my femininity. And in turn, of course, my relationship blossomed. So I would love for you to share how can women actually spot and become conscious of them not being in their femininity and basically adopting the full masculine energy approach? Yeah, such a great realization that you had. So here's the here's the reality. We all have masculine energy and feminine energy, right? Like, So you can also call this yin and yang energy. You can describe it other words. I use masculine and feminine. It's not how you necessarily identify as a person, right? So Mm -hmm. the energy of the masculine is the one that is the protection. It's the giving. It's the striving, driving, action-taking, strategy, problem-solving. The energy of the feminine is softer, not weaker, softer, right? It's in the body. It's the connection to your emotions, your intuition, your sensuality. And then for us as women, our connection to our sexuality, right? So oftentimes when very strong, powerful, successful women like you, and probably every single woman listening to this podcast come to me, there's this fear that If I embrace my feminine, I'm going to have to give up my masculine. And my masculine is what has actually given me so much of my success in my life. Right. I say is it's not about giving up one or the other. It's about coming into your feminine as your set point and having a healthier thing. I don't even believe in balance because the reality is if you're running a business, if you're um, high up in your career, There might be times where you're more 
in your quote unquote masculine energy. And that's what's called for. And that's okay. But when your feminine energy is your set point, then you are actually operating from a full gas tank. So this is an analogy that I used to give all the time. I haven't given it in a long time. So imagine yourself as a gas tank here, right? And your masculine energy is empty to half a tank and your feminine energy is half a tank to full tank. So most women only ever fill up their gas tank halfway, right? They're only operating in the masculine energy. So they're burning out, they're exhausted, they're cranky, they're depleted, they are numbing out with food, alcohol, social media, right? Because they're not operating from a full tank. And if you if you only ever filled your gas tank up halfway, right? You'd constantly have to stop the car and get more gas. You, mm-hmm. you would probably break down more often, right? So our feminine energy is what actually takes us from a place of depletion to fullness. And the gateway to our feminine energy is through pleasure, through sensuality. <clears throat> and sensuality and sexuality are very different. So sensuality is just experiencing life with all of your senses, right? So right before we started recording, we were talking about coffee, right? And you were saying your afternoon coffee. Part of that is this ritual element, which is very feminine, right? The feminine is the one that that runs on cycles, right? Versus this linear time pattern. And so embracing even small things like that during the day, like making your morning coffee or tea more ritualistic, more sensual, adding cinnamon, actually smelling the drink before you smell mm-hmm. it, right? Those are ways that put you into your body. And again, pleasure is our pathway to awakening the feminine. It's like feminine is just this sprinkle of gold, which we need to sprinkle ourselves so much more of. And I love what you said about the difference between sensuality and sexuality, because I think that people do get those mixed up and, you know, being in touch actually with yourself. And just like Lauren said about, okay, you have a coffee, but then, you know, if you're, you add cinnamon to it and you actually sit there and you smell it, it's like, that is pleasurable for you getting up early in the morning and actually spending time for yourself on yourself. That is for you getting dressed in the morning, doing your hair, doing your makeup. Like that is everything that is making you feel good. So Lauren, can you explain the other side of things in terms of the sexuality piece? Yeah, of course. So both men and women have really unhealthy conditioning when it comes to our sexuality. So this is not just a woman issue. And I work 95% with women. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. So everything I say, don't think like, oh, men have no issue that, excuse me, they have different conditioning than what we have, right? So when it comes to our sexuality as a woman, we, and again, I born and raised in the US. So, so much of like health education, sexual education is around pain for women, right? Childbirth, menstruation, menopause. There's no place in these conversations where we're actually talking about female pleasure, right? I saw a statistic recently that like 40% of women can't accurately name 
their reproductive anatomy. So am yeah. I one of those 40%? I don't know. <laughs> I'll send you an Instagram and see how you do. But yeah, yeah I was just thinking. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, if we think about what we've been taught about our bodies, what we've been taught about pleasure, what we've been taught or probably not taught about orgasm, about our anatomy. So all of that is just a foundational piece and really goes to show how disempowered as women we are when it comes to our sexual power, truly. So again, if we go even just from like a biological standpoint here, our sexual energy, it's life force energy. Physically, biologically, it is what is used to create dun, 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 new life, right? What? And then if you are not procreating at the moment, there's still this storehouse of energy, of aliveness inside of our bodies that you can use, tap into for creative energy. You can tap into just again as like your chi, your life force energy. So it's always there, but most women are so cut off. Most women are kind of like from the waist up and then yeah. from like, you know, right at the top of the thighs down. And that whole middle section, it's like no man's land. And we just have not, as women, been encouraged, taught, or really allowed to be fully connected and more importantly, in full ownership of our sexual essence, our sexual power. And I say that like now in 2020, we are the luckiest we have ever been as women in the Western world, right? We have the most freedom, the most independence, the most power. And yet we're still so unfortunately and woefully disempowered in this one area and that's why I'm so passionate about doing this work, especially with quote unquote powerful women, because to me, this is the next wave of women's empowerment. I absolutely agree. And this is literally innate within mm -hmm. us. So mm -hmm. even if women listening to this actually are even intellectually like understanding what you are saying, like they also need to see how they can bring that into obviously their day-to-day -day life. And of course, the women that are listening to this also into their relationship as well. So Lauren, what are women currently actually doing which is blocking them from getting what they want and getting their desires met yeah so first and foremost is we as women have to realize that our desires are from the divine and they're right so oftentimes one of the first roadblocks i see for women is they think that what they want is wrong or they think whatever it is that they feel like they need in a relationship or while dating because i work with both single women and women and women in relationships, that their needs aren't valid or that they're too much. So the first thing is really come into is coming into a space of what I want, my desires, and what I need are valid and are worthy of being voiced and are worthy of being met. Right? So that's one of the fundamental pieces. But without that shift mentally and that permission self-permission, you're never going to be able to tell your partner what it is that you desire. Now, there's a lot of women have a lot of stories about men 
And I get it, right? We've all been hurt to so many varying degrees by men. And at the end of the day, I love, love men. Like every man I have, I'm just like, I love you. And men can feel that, right? And the reality is that your partner and especially men want to make you happy. They like, they live for this. The masculine wants to be in service to the feminine. Oftentimes the feminine has no idea what it wants or needs. So the masculine cannot be in service. Right. It's so true. Yeah. It's like, you had a little three-step formula going on there. It's like, you've got to get super clear on your desires. You've got to grant yourself permission to go after them. And then you need to stand in your truth and actually voice that. But when you have either been in a relationship or, you know, there's been certain conditioning in the relationship and people have just gone on a certain way, like how do you share that women start to be able to change this up, of course, once they have focused in on their desires and once they started to grant themselves permission, mm -hmm. how can you start to share what your truth is and voice your voice what your desires are to, to your partner in terms of what your desires are for yourself, but also like what we want on man to, mm -hmm. to do for us as well. Mm -hmm. So first you have to fill your gas tank right? You got to really go in hard on your feminine, on pleasure, on deconditioning yourself around your own sensuality, your sexuality, your feminine. Because when you make an ask in your relationship, the best way to do it is from a space of fullness. So in all areas, right? As in not seeing your partner as the only source of whatever, right? So for example, we just had Valentine's Day recently. And this unfortunately is a holiday that so many people get so bent out of shape about, right? Because they see it as like the source or the barometer of how much my partner does or does not love me, right? Well, when you make one thing or one person the source of something, there's so much pressure, there's so much wonkiness in that connection. And the reality is that person will never be the full source. So let's even just take the feeling of adoration, right? So often women are like, I just want my partner to adore me. Great. How much are you adoring yourself day to day? Are you giving yourself any sense of love and adoration? That again, does not negate your desire or need to feel adored. But when you come in at a negative 5 million adoration, and you're like, I need you to fill up my entire cup of adoration, it's too much for another person to do. So you have to make sure that you're coming at this from a place of fullness. And if you're, if you're a woman who's like, okay, this has been the dynamic in the relationship, I've maybe been not asking for what I've wanted, I, I haven't even known, blah, 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 and I wanna change it up. You have to come in from a place of fullness. And you have to find a way to release any and all um, charge, for lack of a better word, against your partner, right? Because there's going to be like months, maybe even years of, 
you haven't been giving me what I wanted. You know, I haven't, I haven't been asking, but I still haven't been getting it. Right. So there might be a little resentment, anger, frustration, all warranted, but you have to let that go so that you can be in the most full connected to yourself space. And then when you come in, coming in, in vulnerability. And when I mean vulnerability, I mean, just honesty, like, Hey babe, there's something I'd really love to talk to you about. And it feels kind of vulnerable for me. Can we talk about it now or is there a better time? Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy are now open. I know exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high level coaching and mentoring from me, myself and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split up into three departments, reality, riches and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. Right. It's such about when you go and ask and how you go and ask as well. Like, you know, so many times, so many times we can come to a conclusion in our head or we can say, okay, we're making a decision. We're going to say this, we're going to voice this. And then we'll come in a way that like, they aren't even open to receiving it. Their focus and their energy is on something else. So people say to me, okay, but once you started to share with Kenji, what your desires were and like, once he started to step up, like, how did that process actually go? And for me, it was really about becoming conscious of what Kenji was doing in the moment when the right time was. And for me to actually be in my truth when I was sharing and to not make him wrong at all. And I think at times women can really make their man wrong and like blame it on their man when actually, in fact, it's got nothing to do with the man. Mm -hmm. Completely. And that's, Unfortunately, because we've been taught that men are the source. This is why sexual empowerment is so key because like, imagine it as a plug into the wall, right? You're searching around trying to figure out where to plug yourself in. So you keep trying to plug yourself into your partner. They don't really got space for that. You have the outlet literally on your body. You just got to turn around and plug yourself into yourself, right? But we've been taught, again, from a very early age, that this sense of turn on or aliveness, pleasure, orgasm, a sense of sexual fulfillment, a sense of confidence, worthiness, lovability, 
has to come from or through someone or something else. And most importantly, or most often the narrative is it comes through a man, right? And so really taking back the reins of your pleasure, your connection to your body, to your sexuality, to orgasm is what allows you to plug yourself into yourself, right? So that you can then come into this as like, okay, this is another human who may or may not give me what I'm asking for and I'll be okay no matter what. Right. And the most attractive thing actually for a man is like when the woman has owned her power and she is absolutely loving herself and she's dancing around and she's being playful, like for the masculine energy, like that is going to allow the man in these type of relationships to lean in more. And this was such a shift in perspective for me, but also so difficult for me to start doing. Yeah. Like little things like, okay, I would want Kenji to, let's just say, start making the bed. Yeah. So if I voiced that, but then every single morning I continue making the bed because right. I just want it done and that just makes me feel good and I don't want clutter and I want to make sure that my house feels good before working, then I've not even gave him the space, the yes. time or the energy to do that. And I think that's what women can rush into. Like they can ask for something to be done and they can just like hop to conclusion that it wasn't going to be done and just do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And then it's basically just, first of all, not giving the man space. And second of all, it's just training the man to say, okay, she's going to continue to do it anyway. Right. Totally. And that, that is such a perfect example for masculine and feminine energy in general, right? So we're so used to as women being in the masculine energy. And so many women are like, I want my man to step up. I want him to be more in the masculine. I want him to do more. I want him to blah, blah, blah. No man is going to overpower your masculine energy. No good man, right? And because mm. there's not really a healthy way to overpower it. Like if you think of two men and they're like, you know, going back and forth trying to figure out whoever's more alpha, like that can get kind of aggressive, right? It, Absolutely. He's not going to do that with you. Thank goodness, right? That's why you chose him. <laughs> and it's not until you move into your feminine and as I kind of see it or feel it is like leaning back into your feminine, right? And staying there. <laughs> the staying there could just be it's so, so difficult at times. This would be my tip. Ask yourself, what am I making it mean if he doesn't do X, Y, Z? Because that's what you're really afraid of finding out, right? Like, so for you, you want a Kenji to make the bed. And it's like, yeah, you can be like, well, I just like to have it done. It's like, but what are you making it mean if he doesn't do it? Oh, that he doesn't actually love me or like this will never work, right? Like there's usually something so deep, albeit sometimes irrational, right? Or, or catastrophic that we're making if they don't fulfill our ask, oh, that must mean X, Y, Z. So when you start to look at, okay, why, or what am I making this mean about me, about him, about our relationship? So again, for the making the bed example of, if you were making it mean, he'll never give me what I want in this relationship, then of course you're gonna keep making the bed because you don't wanna find out whether or not that's true. Right, it's always, there's always something deeper. There's always, there's always like, hey, what is actually 
happening? What's getting, what's getting triggered here, you know? Uh, and just as you said that, like once you just said that to me, like what came up in my head is I'm so available uh, for this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, what's, what, what is that in me? Like, even if he goes out and then the bed is half made, I'm still like, oh, all right. Okay. But you know what it actually made it, you know what it means to me, mm. which I got to a deeper level on. It's like, are you really going to support me to yep. the level that I need to be supported <laughs> in order to get to where I desire to be? Yeah. And, you know, to, to come to face with that, it's like, okay, consciously, yes. But also in my mind, it's like, okay, but how far can you actually support me in order for me to, to go and get it? So that definitely came up when you said that. And I just yeah. wanted to share it because there's always something lying underneath. And I hope from my example and from what I shared that, you know, someone gets something from this um, and we learn all together because it's true. It, we, we're always making something else the problem when yeah. actually there's always a deeper problem there. Yeah. And on that note, I truly believe that intimate relationships, romantic relationships, partnerships, whatever verbiage you want to use, are the most powerful and deepest containers for our own growth if you let them be. Yeah. So I I firmly believe that every single person needs some kind of like relationship, sexuality coach, therapist, something. Because it is so fascinating to me that we are raised desiring connection and partnership. And obviously there's very much a narrative that that is part of life, right? That having a quote unquote successful long-term partnership is something every single person or most people desire and strive for. And yet we have basically no tools to actually create that partnership in a successful way. So most people are running around in their relationships or dating, you know, reliving childhood patterns, trying to heal trauma. And all of this is happening unconsciously. And then you wonder why you feel so crazy or so disappointed or so unfulfilled or like why you feel like, why am I doing this over and over and over again? And it's just because these, these relationships, these connections can actually be the space where you experience the most growth and transformation as a person. Um, but you have to be aware and open to your relationship being that. Absolutely. I feel like every single part of my relationship and path that we've gone down, there's always been a new level of growth. There's always been a new level of intimacy. And when I was in Milan uh, in December, when Kenji engaged to me, like I didn't really feel like our relationship could get much deeper than where it was. And I don't even know how this really happened or what I felt, but just by him engaging to me, like I already felt like I was on this new chapter. I already felt like yeah. a deeper level of intimacy, like connection and what I could speak about and how much like support he was, he was giving me. So it's, it's so true that you actually have to allow yourself to be available for the growth. You also have to allow the space and time for the man to work in his own time. Yeah. And actually in that time, 
you are just developing yourself to actually be the person that you desire to be and want to be and granting yourself more permission and standing in your power and being in your feminine. You're also developing. So it's a win-win for all. Yeah. And I also just want to note, because I think a lot, we have this misconception that the man is supposed to lead us in the relationship, right? And the masculine does lead, but here's the missing piece. It's the feminine desire and vision that is the one actually behind it, right? So women, again, comes back to getting in touch with your desire. And another thing I say all the time is that often we see relationships as boxes that we have to try and fit into. And the relationship model, more than likely that you're viewing, is outdated, right? It's from your parents. It's from your grandparents. And you are not the woman that your grandmother was. Like your grandmother might not have even been able to work outside of the house, you know? And here you are running your own business or making a huge impact in the world. So this idea of a relationship, most people see it as a box that they have to fit into, meaning they have to like cut off parts of themselves, shut down parts of themselves, give up things. And I believe relationships are a container that you and your partner co-create together. And it may look very different than anybody else's relationship, but that requires a level of brutal honesty with yourself of what you really want and honesty and vulnerability within the partnership. And so knowing that you get to create whatever you want inside of this relationship, that's where the feminine vision and desires come in, right? So oftentimes women are just kind of like sleeping beauty over here, waiting for the man to come in, kiss her and lead them into the life that she wants. And that's not how it works. You have to give them a vision. You have to give them a goal that they will shoot for. Oh, I love this. Can we have a little bit of fun in terms of shooting for stuff? Okay, I'm going to fire some questions at you. And then you just like, give me your tips on them. I think that like, all women are going to want to know this. So I caught onto something at the start of the conversation and you were like, wait, what? I can eat in a certain way in order to make a man feel attracted to me. So let's let's give Lauren scenarios and let's see if she could support us in making us a magnet to our man. Okay, Lauren, we are at date night. Okay. Share with me if I am sat across from my partner, light is lit, the waiter has just come over he's poured some wine food is now with the chef he is preparing it comes over talk to me how how can i in the most amazing way well first and foremost is you have to make sure that your energy is inside of your own body right oftentimes we're outside of ourselves like what's the next thing i'm gonna say what's he gonna say i want to bring up this thing blah 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 So you want to bring your energy into the center of your body. Now, I use the word pussy, but again, just imagine whatever word you want to use. Think the very center of your body, womb, ovary, Mm -hmm. right? Vulva. Again, I use the word pussy. So you want to make sure your energy is there. That's where your focus should be because that's Mm. power source. So that's first and foremost. Secondly is actually experience the food so like look at it 
it like feel how excited you are to eat it. Take the fork, take that bite, smell it. Don't even worry about him. Be in your own world here, right? Smell it. Then oh, maybe you lick your lips because you're so excited with the anticipation of this piece of food. And then you taste it. And maybe or maybe not, you let out a little moan because it's just so delicious. Oh my gosh, you get me so freaking excited. I cannot wait for this. I cannot freaking wait. Okay, I've got it. So I need to focus on the pussy. I then need to look at the food, experience the food, and maybe just a little, mm, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> your sensuality here. Like engage all of your senses in this one bite. Yes. Okay. Second scenario. Second yes. scenario. Okay. I'm at home. I'm sat behind my desk and my partner comes in from work. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking cute. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling excited. How can I share with him through my energy that I'm ready for, you know, some good, good. Yeah. So again, Focus on pussy. This is, this is where it all comes back to. And then when he walks in being like, oh, you know what? Like what? You're like, you're the hottest thing I've ever seen. Oh. And he's like, oh. And be like, you know what would be so good right now? And then just tell him what you want. I, I feel I'm feeling it coming. I mean, I can't do it. To, I can't do it right now or today. Otherwise, I try straight away because we have visitors rounds. However, let's believe that. I'll give you an up, I'll give you an update on it. I'll give you an update. Here's the here's the other thing because I can already hear the well. I've done that before and I was turned down, right? Which can totally be a hit on your ego, on your confidence. So knowing that if they're turning you down, it probably has nothing to do with you. Men are single focused, right? So they are. Let's think about this in terms of like cavemen, cave women, yeah? Mm-hmm. We're living in caves over here. We got wild animals trying to kill us all the time. If a man is out hunting, we want him to only be focused on hunting. Yes. We want him to get distracted by the flowers over here on the left. <laughs> okay? We, as women, we were the ones gathering berries and seeds and whatever. And we were in tribe like in community essentially talking with other women about what we can eat what we can't eat so we have what's called diffused awareness so we can see the red berry over there to the right and know it's poisonous while we're talking to someone else and looking for the herb that we need yes those flowers can just be so good and pretty though you know you know exactly <laughs> and so we're realizing that for a man so like you said Knowing when to have a conversation with your partner, it's that's why I always tell my clients to ask for permission, not per, not permission in the misogynistic, archaic experience. You know what I mean? Right. Like if they're available for it. Yeah. There's something I'd like to talk to you about is now a good time because absolutely them to say, no, I'm focused on this other thing. Come back in an hour then you'll have their whole focus. So if you do this and your partner's like, oh, maybe later, it's not a personal, like they don't want to be with you. It's probably that their mind's somewhere else and they can't actually turn their awareness to you. So then what you do, if they're like, maybe later, be like, hopefully I'll be available then and just have fun with it, right? Or be like, 
well, you're going to have to bring your A game, right? So just doing, having fun with whatever their response is. Yeah, staying playful. And you know what you just said about like asking if they are available for the conversation. That's not even just in romantic relationships. I have so many people that think that I'm available. You know, I actually actually wouldn't say this as much anymore, but when I first started my business, like I did have people thinking that I was available 24 seven. If I didn't pick up, it would be like, why are you not picking up your phone? And if Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to go and make Kenji a coffee when he wants it, it's like, why not? And like, it's actually just about boundaries, boundary setting in general. You know, everyone, we should be asking like, are you available for this right now? Is this time convenient for you? Because everyone is getting on with their own life and everyone's got their own thing going on whether you think they do or whether they think they don't um and remember our mind has crazy amazing amount of thoughts every single day so just like lauren said if your man is like okay no not the time right now like that's nothing to do with us as women like nothing at all that's got to do with whatever he's got going on in his mind and like Mm -hmm. right now that isn't actually that's not the time for him yeah totally and can we do one more scenario? Of course. Okay, one more scenario. I've got to do one more scenario. Let me make it a good one for us. Let me make it a good one. Ooh, okay, okay, I've got it. So I leave from my home because I'm going traveling for business purposes. Yeah. And let's just say I'm away for 10 days or so. How can I make my man so freaking excited to see me mm-hmm. when I'm back? and already have, you know, an amazing something prepared for us. Yeah, so this is so great. First, men are visual creatures, right? I mean, as humans, we're visual, but men are very visual. Sending videos, and they don't have to be like sexy, explicit videos. They can just be like, hey, I was thinking about you and I just wanted to say hello. While you're away, Really, again, focusing on filling your tank with pleasure. Flirting. Now, let's redefine flirting here for a second. Most people see flirting as some kind of transactional state. Therefore, if you're in a relationship, you can only flirt with your partner, right? Because this is like sexual. It's to get something, whatever. Imagine if, imagine a world, come step into my world where... Is just like loving and appreciating the shit out of yourself Mm. and sharing that energy with anything and everyone around you. So when you come at flirting from that experience, you know that there's you have no responsibility nor obligation to anyone else. Because that's what trips a lot of women up, right? It's like if I flirt with the waiter. He might ask for my phone number and then I'm going to have to tell him no. And then like, why would I do that? Right? No. If you just see flirting as like, I am this radiant goddess, badass, whatever word you want to use. And I'm just loving my life and sharing that excitement and aliveness with you. Then you can flirt with anything and everyone, babies, women, waiters, baristas, whoever, right? Flirting is so powerful for women because it also helps us to get reflections from the outside world on our radiance, on our magnificence. 
And there is nothing that a woman who is connected to herself loves more than that reflection, right? Those reminders. So flirting while you're out in the world and flirting then with your partner, right? Sending them a text in the morning. I just had the sexiest dream about you, dot, dot, dot. And then when he asks what, be like, you'll have to wait and see when I get home. Lauren, this has been so good. Thank you so much for sharing all your goodness and all your juiciness with my audience. Where can my audience find more of all of your good stuff? Yes. Well, all of my good stuff is on the internet. (laughs) And and apparently around the world to every barista, baby, man, woman. (laughs) Most certainly. Um, Basically, I say any man that comes in contact with me is the luckiest man that day. Um, Oh, even any woman. Lauren, I've just enjoyed this way too much. I couldn't think of anything better to do on a Thursday than speak to you. Yeah, me too. So you can find my website at themagneticwoman.com. And if you go there, I have five free tips for becoming a magnetic woman in your own life. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, also The Magnetic Woman, so you can see all of my behind the scenes on how I stay magnetic, turned on, and how I flirt with the world. With that, people, I shall see you on the next episode. And just remember to focus your energy on your pussy. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>